0: Welcome to Nanomatters, the podcast that explores examples of nanotechnology. I'm Lisa Friedersdorf, Director of the National Nanotechnology Coordination Office. Here with me today is Todd Pascal, Assistant Professor of Nanoengineering and Chemical Engineering at the University of California, San Diego. So Todd, can you tell us a little bit about your research?
1: So we run a materials physics lab here at the University of California, San Diego, and we're really focused on interactions of nanoscale systems. And we have several focuses. One of those is in energy storage. And in particular, we're really interested in current and next generation battery technologies and how we could sort of uh, engineer new systems that are required for some of our more pressing um, energy needs.
0: So how does nanotechnology play a role in a battery?
1: So if you think of a battery, right? So we have two what are called electrodes, effectively uh, reservoirs for a charge carrier. And so we have an anode and a cathode. And in between that we have stuff. And then that stuff that's in between prevents the electrons from moving from the anode to the cathode because what you want in a battery is for the electrons to move along the external wire. Of course, the flow of electrons gives you um, a current and, and so that you can do useful work with the electrons. So you have an anode and the cathode, the lithium, which is usually the charge carrier, shovels in um, back and forth in between those and you know, the electrons um, move on the external circuit. It turns out that sort of the the critical or some of the critical processes that determine how you know how much energy you can store in your battery or how efficient your battery is happens right at the interface between your electrode and the stuff in between, and right at that interface is a nanoscale object, um, and so we're we're learning now um, through a, a, some really really um, interesting research that the properties of that interface between the electrode and the electrolyte, the stuff in between, the properties of that really determines how good of a battery you have. So so, again, that's a nanoscale object. So understanding the nanoscale structure then becomes really important to designing even better systems.
0: So we hear a lot about batteries these days when we're looking at electrification and batteries that are required for vehicles. We all, I think, are very cognizant of the lifetime of the charge on our cell phone. And then we also hear stories and concerns about batteries catching on fire. So could you comment on some of those areas with respect to batteries?
1: Absolutely. So the safety one is a huge concern. If we go all the way back, right at the beginning when cars were being imagined, some of the first cars were actually electric vehicles, were actually electric. And they they usually had these sort of um, sulfur batteries, um, lead sulfur batteries. So you had a kind of molten salts, effectively, that moved back and forth to, to give you a current But those were incredibly unsafe. (laughs) So part of the demise, actually, of that was the safety concern. And to this day, the safety concern remains. A lot of that, it turns out, can be alleviated by changing the nature of the stuff in between the two electrodes. So if you go from something that's a liquid, uh, which may be flammable and has led to um, some of these safety concerns, into something that's a solid, so when you have a solid state battery now, you alleviate a lot of the safety concerns. There's some engineering challenges that we need to sort out to make solid state viable, uh, even more commercially viable. But I think that's one of the really exciting new research areas is to look at solid state batteries and, and sort of how we can even um, improve upon them by some really clever engineering. So fundamentally, the you know it doesn't really matter if you're you can drive your electric vehicle from L.A., to uh, New York on a single charge, if the chances were like one in 10 that it may catch fire along the way, no one, I mean, in terms of getting people to adopt this technology, no one will take those odds. So safety becomes kind of the critical engineering challenge and the nano engineering challenge that that I, w- I think we face. In terms of the energy density, um, um, you know, getting longer lasting batteries, there, there are things that you can do um, to do that. One of the things, um, recently is, is to use sort of a different type of um, anode material. And that has shown a lot of promise recently. So there are people working on all aspects of, of the battery, um, you know, whether it is safety, whether it is improving the cyclability. So how many times can you uh, recharge it to you know improving how much charge you can store in it. And so all of that is being uh, looked at, some of that we look at ourselves.
0: So how do you study the interface between the anodes and a solid electrolyte?
1: That's a great question. So let's say the, the anode is lithium metal and you have the electrolyte and it's a solid state. So you have this issue of uh, almost a solid and solid in contact with each other. Now, uh, because it's a solid, there is also some reactions that go on there at the interface, similar to the, the liquid case. It's not as many, which is um, advantageous to us in some sense. Um, but uh, so what we do is we're a computational group. Um, and so we actually create these models, you know, have atoms that are there that are meant to mimic effectively that interface. And we have ways of actually allowing those, uh, that interface to evolve in time so that chemical reactions can occur and things can change. And that's actually where we found some of the most interesting um, new physics that are happening is just the sort of reactions that are occurring at that interface is so something that we, um, you know, a lot of it is we, we could not have even imagined. And what's really um, exciting about what it is that we do is that now we have a nanoscale representation of the interface. And there are all of these new really cool experimental techniques that are coming along that can actually probe that interface and selectively probe that interface. So we have experiments that are coming in, spectroscopic typically, that are coming in. And we're able to then use those experiments to guide our model development today. So there is this really really interesting iterative feedback where we come up with these models, we test them on the computer, we say, okay, this looks reasonable. And we go to our experimental colleagues and we say, this is what you should expect if you were to shine light on this material. And then they shine light on it and it looks kind of the same, but not really. And then they come back to us and it's like, actually, this is what we think it is. And so we just uh, um, iterate that way and improve the theory, but also at the same time, gain some really interesting insights into the nature of this nanoscale interface.
0: Can you talk about what you hope to achieve with your research and where you see the most promising applications?
1: Absolutely. So most of us are physicists or chemists by trade. And so we're really just interested in how stuff works. <laughs> yeah, but we're also housed in an engineering department. So we actually have to do things, something interesting <laughs> with what it is that we're doing. And. In terms of the questions that we ask, fundamentally, um, the big question is, okay, we have this nanoscale interface. We think we, we know its structure. We think we know how it changes in time. How do we then take that information and correlate that to how an actual battery performs? So for instance, if we have a particular um, electrolyte, if we have, that has a certain composition, we can figure out what the nanoscale morphology of that electrolyte electrode interface is. But then someone can actually take that electrolyte and measure and say, okay, at this volt, I have this current. So then how do we go from thinking about nanoscale morphology to actually device performance? So that is the connection um, that we're trying to make, um, and that's an active area of research. And I think once we get to that level, then we'll be able to um, do the inverse problem, which is to say, okay, if you actually want a current voltage profile that looks a certain way, this is the nanoscale morphology that you actually need in order to get that. So to do kind of the the engineering um, from the bottom up again, just thinking about how the specific chemistry informs the larger scale performance of the, the device.
0: And when you get to that stage, do you think you'll be able to design specific batteries for different applications?
1: That's the dream. If you think about batteries that we'll need, we're certainly going to need uh, for personal uh, electronics. We're probably, I think, with current technology covered there. But if you start thinking about batteries for transportation, there's still a ways to go there, right? So whether that is for airplanes, um, which is just running an airplane off of a battery, which is a, a huge moonshot actually, um, and very important to do, and you know cars and trucks, and each one of those requires a different sort of um, okay. requirement, right? So for your car, you know, you may say, well, i fine. I probably need a battery that I can go maybe 500 miles on a single charge. But if you have a, a truck and you're coming from, transporting goods from, say, um, South South America all the way up to Canada, then having a battery that lasts much longer is is, is what's important. You don't care too much about the weight in that sense because you're, you're you're in a truck. But if you're in a car, you care about the weight because then um, you don't want to be driving a tank um, down the road. And uh, of course, if you're in an airplane, the weight is critically important. So solving for all of those um, takes some really um, interesting engineering. And then, of course, there is, you know, what are what these batteries going to be made of? So then there is also this economic part of it that, that we also need to, to factor in as we're coming and environmental, up against, And environmental, of course. I mean, at the, back, at the back end of that, of course, it's a critical environmental concern.
0: When you look at the nanoscale morphology at the surface and you're looking at systems and bringing those together, is eventual recycling uh, part of the equation yet?
1: It's a a huge part of the equation. I am a part of, down here at UC San Diego, the Sustainable Power and Electricity Center. And there we we bring not only engineers and scientists um, like myself, but also policymakers, economists. And we're trying to get a real sort of Holistic view as to, you know, electrification economy. What does that look like? We actually have someone who is working specifically on battery recycling and recycling of battery materials. Professor Zhang Chen down here, and so he is is really pushing the boundaries as to, you know, what can be recycled, how many times can it be recycled, and so it's, it's really really extraordinary and, and exciting. The sort of different aspects of, of energy science that you need to to think about coming along.
0: So, Todd, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us today and sharing some insights about your research. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Only that I think the the future is exciting and we're coming up and and not just us, but um, scientists and research groups and industry everywhere are coming up with really innovative ideas to meet the moment. I'm truly, as just a a science geek and a a fan, just really interested to see where all of this goes because I think there's going to be a lot of really new and interesting things coming out in the near future.